Welcome, folks, to Brand of Man Ministries, building one disciple at a time for the cause of Christ. I am your host, Will Huntsaker, and this week on Open Your Bibles, we will turn to Ephesians chapter 6, verses 18 through 24, and close out Paul's magnificent letter of God's grace. Now, in our, our previous episode, Paul wrote of a of a essentially a war within another war, a war of the flesh against sin, against temptation, that resides within a greater bubble of a war, which is in spiritual realms, as, as, as reaching as far as heavenly places, he says. So Christians are to utilize the protective armor furnished by God through his word to defend and counter the temptations of evil. So in these final verses, Paul encourages Christians to pray continually through the Holy Spirit and the love of Christ, which is a precious gift of God. That prayer is going to be very integral in our standing firm in the Christian walk. So from the Apostle Paul, let's look at these last few verses. Paul says, pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayer for all believers everywhere. And pray for me too, he says. Ask God to give me the right word so I can boldly explain God's mysterious plan that the good news is for Jews and Gentiles alike. That's another point he pushes a lot. This has all come together now. He says, I'm in chains now. He's in prison. Still preaching this message as God's ambassador. So pray that I will keep on speaking boldly for him as I should. He says, to bring you up to date, Tychus will give you a full report about what I'm doing and how I'm getting along. He is a beloved brother and faithful helper in the Lord's work. And I have sent him to you for this purpose, to let you know how we are doing and to encourage you. So peace be with you, dear brothers and sisters. May God, the Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ give you love with faithfulness. May God's grace be eternally upon all who love our Lord Jesus Christ. Ephesians 6, 18 through 24. Now in the, the 13th and 14th verses of this chapter, so that goes back to last week, Paul highlights the strength Christians possess with the armor of God. This, this armor has already been provided for us. But despite this, it's often observed, and I'm sure you have as well, that Christians still struggle with standing firm. We, we falter. China, Paul wrote an entire chapter uh, to this in his epistle to the Romans, chapter 7. Now, Brian Chappelle, who's a, a, a pretty prominent theologian, he says this isn't due to Satan's strength, as, as Christ has already conquered him on the cross, nor is it because of our weakness, because we're sealed by the Spirit. Instead, the root of these this failure to stand firm is a lack of desire to properly apply the armor of God. Therefore, Paul urges the faithful to pray in the Spirit, not just occasionally, but always in every circumstance. So he's covered this entire letter of the things God has done for us through Jesus Christ and many imperatives about how to live out that reality. And then he, he we, we learned last week, 
He's applied it, given us all the tools that we need. We don't create them on our own. We just access them. But we still have difficulty standing firm. So Paul says, pray all the time. He says, pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayer for all believers everywhere. Verse 18. So these individual prayers that Paul's encouraging apply corporately to all believers. That's the effect here. And why is this? Because when we pray in the spirit, The Spirit conforms us to His will and purpose, not our own. We have a tendency to make even prayers about ourselves. Our whole Christian walk a lot of times shifts over to what we can do. Uh, Martin Luther called that the theology of glory rather than the theology of the cross. We should be pointing ourselves to the cross and our study of that and our understanding of that rather than what we can do to contribute to not only God's glory, but ours as well. It's just a matter of perspective. Then Paul's pointing this out with consistent, persistent prayer. In his letter to the Romans, chapter 8, he touches on this prayer perspective very eloquently. He says, and this is is chapter 8 of Romans, uh, verses 26 through 28. He says, and the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. So that's that difficulty in standing firm. He says, for example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. So he alters what we say to be in line with the will of God. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying, for the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. So he harmonizes. He he brings together his will and ours. Or actually, it's more he aligns our will to his. And he, he continues, he says, and we know that God causes everything to work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. That's Romans 8, 26 through 28. So this, this prayer understanding is a great way for us to close off this letter of grace. We we communicate with God, that personal relationship. It's essential to recognize that prayer alone cannot endow us, though, with mystical abilities or extraordinary powers. That's not going to happen through prayer. Instead, we should strive to pray in the Spirit of God and remain resolute, standing firm, in carrying out God's will, even when we're faced with adversity, and we will be often in various ways. So when we're awakened to this, the faithful, which is Christians, may understand the boundless love of Christ. So when we understand the the relationship we have with God, the cross becomes more apparent to us. It's, It's very extensive and very deep the relationship God has with his people through the cross. This understanding will will fill us with the complete fullness, if you will, of God, Father, Son, and Spirit. Paul continues in verses 23-24 of chapter 6, he says, Peace be with you, dear brothers and sisters, and may God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you love 
with faithfulness. May God's grace be eternally upon all who love our Lord Jesus Christ. So it's all about God's grace. See, as as, uh, as fleshly beings, as mortal beings, we confront spiritual struggles all the time, and they they usually surpass our abilities to defend against them. That's why God gives us the tools that we need to stand firm, because overcoming evil requires a divine in- intervention. Not not we're not going to be able to overcome evil. The spirit comes into play here. So through his transformative might, his ability to transform us into a new man, he aligns his will and purpose with us. But he does that through prayer. That's why Paul emphasizing it is emphasizing it here. Be persistent in everything at all times. When we inevitably face adversity, and, and we will, we can withstand then the pressures and temptations of sin, not perfectly, by relying on the instruments of Paul of God's grace, that that truth, that uh, truth in the word, that righteousness, all those pieces of armor that he has placed upon us, we realize them and can utilize them. So with certainty, we can stand firm, secure in the knowledge that God has equipped us with the necessary tools to fulfill his will. But it's never our own. It's always his. The message of grace is the instrument of power in the lives of Christians. He talked about this earlier, Paul did, in chapter 2 of Ephesians. He said, God saved you by his grace when you believed. So this message of grace is what is powerful. God saved you by his grace when you believed, and you cannot take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done or will do. So none of us can take credit of it. None of us can boast. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. So we can do good things that he already planned for us to do long ago. Now, that's Ephesians 2, 8 through 10, very, very famous and and well-cited verse. So, in his message to the Ephesians, Paul spoke of the boundless grace of God, all six chapters. Now, this grace, infused into every believer's heart, instills a profound love and understanding of God that transcends all our understanding, all our comprehension. This love and understanding inspires a very deep longing we all have to walk with God and seek him above all else in this world. Not our own accomplishment, not what special powers we can get through prayer or the spirit. We are drawn in a very deep relationship with God to seek him in all things. Folks, we, we've now spent several months really scratching the surface of this letter from Paul to the Ephesians. And, and if we summarize this whole thing, there were six chapters. The first three chapters, Paul took time to 
often painstakingly defined, point out and spell out in huge bold letters the gospel of God in Jesus Christ and, and everything he has done so that we can have eternal life with him. That's the first three chapters. Everything Christ has done and that perspective. Then in the last three chapters, Paul provides numerous examples and imperatives, commands on how to live out the reality of those first three chapters, everything God has done for us in Jesus Christ. Now, these imperatives that he hits us with in the last three chapters, it is very important. And you'll see this in many of Paul's letters. He'll he'll give this very defined gospel message, and then he gives a section of imperatives. You always want to speak these imperatives among each other, and they should be preached from the pulpit. For Christians to, as Jesus would say, to have eyes that see and ears that hear, and he puts that always in the, in the truth of the gospel. So without these commands and many others that we find in the Bible, not one of us will truly see the gospel for what it is. When we're told to do things and we, we realize them, then we see what the gospel truly is. If we never were given any imperatives or things to do, we wouldn't see the, the significance of the gospel. When we take these commands to heart and perform them, we see the fruit of the Spirit, right? Because it doesn't come from us. This is the fruit of the Spirit within us doing things that are in line with imperatives from God. We see this, and we see it's a bountiful gift of His mercy. But here's the catch. This is not what the purpose of those imperatives are for us to continue to do good things. That's not necessarily the purpose. That is not the purpose of God's imperatives. The purpose of God's laws is to show us that outside of Christ, we are dead in sin with nothing to offer. We will succeed in these commands for a time, but eventually we will fail because we are still sinners. It is at that moment that the law becomes our guide, fulfilling its purpose as a giant flashing neon sign pointing us back to the cross where all the commands are kept, where true righteousness is always found in Jesus Christ. That's the purpose of imperatives, to show us our weakness outside of Christ. Thank you for listening, folks, and joining us on this very brief journey through Paul's letter to the Ephesians. Stay persistent in prayer, because that is our relationship to God. Grace and peace to you all, and remember, the Bible cannot mean anything different today than it did back then.